0: Let's do this. Blaine and Mickey, one oh four five the zone. How's everybody doing? Hopefully you had a great Christmas. I was out yesterday. Alex Apple is in with me today because they hit me in with a couple of uh well-deserved days off. We got I got Brett uh sitting in today for Lucas as well. But uh for the next couple hours, gonna have a great time with you. Three HL will be up next. And uh it's an interesting day. There's a lot going on in the sports world. Alex uh always kind of have to hang out with me when Blaine's out of town. So the latest, and I know you if you've been listening to Buck Rising, you, you've heard a lot of this stuff, but if you're just getting in the car or whatever has led you to the radio, really right now, COVID is the story. That's the story everywhere. It's the story for bowl games. It's the story for NFL football. It's the story for the NBA. It's the story for your family. My my mom got COVID. I didn't even get to see her at Christmas or my birthday. Yeah. So it's that's the story The just all over the globe. But for all of us who love sports – you know, we got bowl games canceled and we got teams just going, okay, there's no opponent. We'll just fly here and play this team. This is, it's almost like we all got to take a breath for a while this year, but this Omicron or Omicron, however you want to say it, this variant is just viciously working its way through people. Now it's doesn't appear to be as I'm not a scientist. We never talk about this stuff, but we are talking, we have to talk about today because of what's going on. Um, My mother, 76 years old, has it, is doing fine. My son had a version, and he's seven, and he did okay. Had a headache for a couple days, and and then that was it. So this doesn't seem to hit a lot of people maybe as hard as the previous variant. But, oh, my gosh, is this thing contagious.
1: Well, and I said to my wife, Hannah, the other day, neither of us have had it. She works in uh, Channel 5, Hannah McDonald is her her name. or Hannah Apple, now she goes by McDonald. um I feel like we're both going to get it, and we've never had it. You know, and at this point, it just almost seems like the inevitable, Inevitable. right? Just to put some numbers on it from a a sports perspective, 400 football players in the NFL have tested positive in the past month. Last year, in its entirety, in the throes, the thick of the pandemic with empty stadiums, 276 players were put on the COVID list. So 400 in a month. Two seventy six. You know, I'm sitting at home yesterday. I see the news come across about Bud Dupree and Nick Westbrook-Akina and Julio Jones, and I'm thinking, oh my God, the Titans are going to run Cody Hollister out there at wide receiver again this week, and I'm going to hate it. (laughs) But then, I mean, honestly, I'm looking at the ESPN bottom line. Colts put five. Browns put seven. Yeah, that's put three. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, and (laughs) I was joking on Twitter as I posted a little picture. You know, about the the show starting here, Carson Wentz. the Indianapolis Holes threatens their entire season, and he's unvaccinated. Ryan Tannehill needs to be in a frickin' bubble over at St. Thomas Sports Park. You need to go to practice and please go home, and it's not fair to ask guys to do that and to live your life that way, but it's where we're at, and it's wild. And what I hope, Mickey, is that there is not a great deal of luck and flukiness to the rest of the NFL season, maybe the NHL, NBA, just because this becomes so out of hand that it's it's almost like playing with replacement players half the time. I feel like we've been watching the it, Titans do that for a couple of weeks, yeah. But now it's uh, you know a different factor that could rear its ugly head.
0: Well, last night was the Dolphins. The Dolphins have several people on the COVID list. They played the Saints, who just have no one left. Twenty two, twenty two guys, Mick. So Demario Davis, who's my buddy that plays for the Saints, the heart and soul of the team, among others. I texted him and he said, he said, I'm feeling fine, but he, he's, he's well, on the COVID. Well, list. And
1: one of Hannah's really good friends, my wife, Hannah's really good friends is a player personnel guy for the Saints. He had COVID. So did everybody else in his office. Right. I mean, it's like, it's like through that entire organization and you hope that that it, I mean, it
0: almost seems like it's a
1: matter of time before it happens to every team. Is that I just, too negative? I
0: mean, no, no. I mean, we're already there. It's happening every team. I mean, it's it's happened. It's happening everywhere to every team. And you know, we were having guys, NFL guys. By the way, you can join the discussion if you want to six one five seven three seven one zero four five Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. And it, last year, guys were talking about the lives they were living. Like, I come here. You know, I get my test. I do my meetings. I go to practice. I go to the training staff. I I go home. You know, guys were talking, and nobody in a bad way, but guys were kind of talking about, this is what my life is like now because I'm trying to, the mature guys were saying, I'm not going out. I'm not, you know, I, I just, I, I don't want to get it. I, I don't want to jeopardize winning games. I don't want to jeopardize getting my teammates sick. This has been even more amazing. And, you know, the only thing I can think about is this, and, and I don't know because it's, what's well, today? It's December 28th, and they're, just so many guys going on the list every day. And like you said, coaches, personnel people. There have been teams that have played without their coach already a handful of times this year. Um, you wonder, because once you go to the playoffs, certainly you you lop off, what, two-thirds of the teams, essentially, or a, a, a little over half, I guess, is what the number is. You lop off a little more than half of the teams. You wonder if it becomes one of those things where enough people have gotten it, they've just had it that there aren't – that maybe it's cycled through. Does that make sense? By the time you yeah. get to the playoffs, for instance, for the Titans, because guys are getting it. And, and Alex mentioned this, Bud Dupree, Julio Jones, Buster Screen, Nick Westbrook-Akina went on COVID reserve uh, Monday. Nate Davis went on Christmas Day. Taylor Lewan went on Christmas Eve. Okay, well, if Taylor Lewan's having it, he's probably not going to get – he's not going to get – at, at, so, at, at some point, then, yes, it, you have the antibodies and however that I had it, you have the antibodies and they say, well, for a certain amount of time, you can't get it again. Um, does this does this. I don't know if heard immunity is the right word. I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but have enough people had it then that there's just nobody left to get it and the games keep going. Here's what we've learned now no matter what the competitive competitive balance level is, no matter if you're the Saints and Ian Book has to play quarterback and then the other quarterback just got there yesterday, whatever the situation, we've learned this. They're never going to cancel the games. They're just going to play the games. Now, supposedly there was a story last week that just baffled me that the league was going to cancel the games that became the second Monday night and the two Tuesday night games and the, NA, the NFLPA. Did you see this?
2: Yeah, and the NFLPA
0: stepped in and said, no, some version of the team will play. Because the league's deal was if you don't play the games, you don't get you paid. paid. Right, And that's, you know, one, well, it's 18 weeks. You play 17 games over it. So that's one-eighteenth of your salary if you don't play. Um, but the NFLPA stepped in and said, no, some version of these teams will play. So everybody gets paid. And we just have to be honest about this. We have to hope, whether you like the vaccine or not. I mean, at this point, it's still political for
1: whatever reason. I think that is entirely stupid, but... You have to hope that these players are vaccinated. The Colts are the least vaccinated team in the NFL. And Carson Wentz, I just chucked, in the Indianapolis Star, uh, tweeted, and evidently this means that he is actually tested positive. He's not just a close contact is yeah. gonna miss the game because if you are if if you're just a close contact, it's five days. If you've tested positive and you're unvaccinated, you're out. Ten days. That's it. You know, and so the number of people on this team that have a vaccine and test positive, you can still, I mean, you know, I don't know what, just Julio Jones and the vaccine, no idea. But if he does, he's got a chance to play on Sunday. If he doesn't, it becomes very difficult. And, I mean, the vaccination status of these teams is going to make a huge difference down the stretch. And for the Colts, who have been the least vaccinated the entire year, it threatens to ruin your season, period.
0: (sighs) And and I get it. And we've steered clear politics on this show. We talk about sports. We're just you know Blaine's thing and my thing. We've always said, hey man, we're just going to have fun talk about sports. But sometimes the sports and the vaccine thing, they will not let go of it each is other. What and, it is. and that's where we are. And if you're a Colts fan, and God help you if you are, and you live in Nashville, but your quarterback, your your quarterback's going to be going to miss this game against the Raiders. Um, and the new CDC rules, which I haven't seen today. Um, Alex Apple, again, hanging out for Blaine. They shortened the window. Well, well, and there's rumors that the NFL might change their policy as well. From 10 to 5 days that you have to be out. But the CDC has said if you quarantine for 5 days that you're, that you're if good. If you're
1: vaccinated would be the NFL stipulation. Though, yes. Right? If you're vaccinated, it's 5, weather, even if you've tested positive.
0: Yes, even if you've tested positive for COVID, just be five. you can get out in 5 days.
1: You've got to test negative still, I think, though. I, uh, well, we'll see. I mean, this is this is all in flux. Uh, we're, we're,
0: CDC reduced the isolation time for individuals who have tested positive from 10 days to I'm five. But I'm saying
1: for the NFL.
0: Yeah, the NFL may you'd say. you probably have to test negative to, to get ha- out of it. Yes. Yeah. I would say negative if you're un-vaxed. It may be. It may not be if you're vaxxed. I mean, because they want to yeah. play the games.
1: Well, but, I mean, Taylor Lewan tweeted that
0: he was sitting on his couch probably
1: having a, you know, Soda. Hopefully he's not drinking soda in the middle of the season, have, having himself a water or protein shake, watching TV. Somebody called him and said, uh, you've got COVID. He didn't even know it. I mean, you, you okay. hope that that's – we're talking about this in such a way that really discounts that some of these guys could be ill, right? I mean, you hope that that's sort of the iteration of COVID that all of these guys are having. Um, it, you You may have some of these guys that are really sick. And then what becomes of that? your conditioning, your ability to come back. Well, I can tell you this. I-, I talked to my mother who said,
0: I feel fine. And she said, I tried to walk to the mailbox yesterday and had to rest on the way there and on the way back. And mm-hmm. she's got a long driveway. Mm-hmm. Her driveway's not a hundred yards. She said, I had to stop on the way there. And when I got it, I remember Ron Slay got it. And he said, I went out and I tried to walk around my neighborhood and it about killed me. I did the same thing. I had to sit in a neighbor's yard and catch my breath. Now, I'm am not ai not a 20- seven year old NFL football player right. But you're not out of shape either. But I no, mean, I mean I I walk two miles every day imagine of my playing life. football game? No, I could not imagine. And so some of these guys, and maybe you're like, gosh, why is this guy not playing good this year? Because a lot of these guys have already had COVID. And I, I can tell you it had a it had an effect on me. Now I didn't have to go to the hospital. God bless everybody who's lost somebody or been in the hospital or been in a terrible shape with this. I didn't have any of that. But I still had problems, you know? And I still can't smell anything, and I had it in the springtime. You still can't smell. I can smell my well, dog's food in the inside of my church, that's about it. Well, let me hit you with some good
1: news because I was over at Innsworth earlier today, coaching basketball team over there. Purdue was practicing for the Music City Bowl. Vols. Purdue. Is that what they're practicing? They're practicing over at Innsworth that's in Tennessee. That's funny. I saw Vanderbilt. the pictures yeah. that's okay. they had to. We had to take all our stuff out of the locker room so Purdue could take over half the athletic facilities over there. No COVID in that sense. Tennessee basketball about to play a big game tomorrow night against Alabama. Hopefully that game happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the the Vols uh, football and basketball team with two I- intriguing things. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that all of these things, uh, you know, aren't ruined by COVID at this point. Is
0: that too much to ask, Mickey? No, but apparently this year it is. So uh, just, you know, whoever you are, whatever you believe, just do your best to be safe in it, and uh, let's just try to keep on L-I-V-I-N living. That's right. L-I-V-I-N. Okay. Just keep on living. We're, we're late for the break. We'll keep you updated on all the COVID stuff. We should hear, uh, well, the Titan stuff will probably happen about 3 o'clock where they release any of their moves today, but wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a, a, a name or more names on the Titans COVID list, again, with four people getting placed on COVID reserve yesterday, Bud Dupree, Julio Buster Screening, Nick Whisper, Kikina. Could be more today, keeping our fingers crossed. But uh, we'll take a break. Jimmy Himes is set to join us next. We'll carry the show forward. We'll talk some Vols. Um, we'll continue to take phone calls, keep you updated on everything. It's a lot going on in the sports world today. We'll keep you updated on everything as we go. Blaine and Mickey, with special guest Alex Apple, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone, Alex, Ackle, Al, uh, Alex Apple, he said, hanging out for the hitman today. <laughs> i got to work on my talking. Uh, let's I would say let's go to Knoxville, but he's here. I saw him tweet about it. Jimmy Himes from the Sports Animal. Uh, he is the man who runs the sports talk show, Talking Sports on WNML Radio in Knoxville. Jimmy, how in the world is Nashville treating you? How you doing? Did you have a good Christmas? Have we got mm-hmm. you there? Now we have a red line. Oh, Jimmy, where have you been? Uh, no, we've lost him. We have Jimmy. I can see his line is lit up, but it has a red line through it, meaning I cannot pick it up. So I don't know. So, uh, hey, Jimmy, are you there? Yes, sir. All hey, right. We, go. we got you. It's a Christmas <laughs> miracle. How in the world are you doing?
2: I'm doing very well, uh, and I've had a great time in Nashville, Uh, staying um, – I'm I'm at the intersection where uh, West End turns into Broadway, and so I'm less than a mile from Vanderbilt Stadium. I'm less than a mile from the uh, Media Hotel, and uh, I've had a really good time so far trying to keep up with Tennessee and Purdue.
0: How in the world are these teams trying to manage COVID, Jimmy? Because Alex Apple's sitting in for Blaine today, and we did the first segment of the show just trying to manage all the COVID news from the sports world today. How are these teams trying to mitigate that, especially the Vols?
2: Well, apparently they've done a really good job with getting vaccinated, although we don't get exact numbers. I'm told that over 90% of the football players have been fully vaccinated. I do not know how that translates into booster shots, but they have done really well. They've been diligent about this. I've also been told by uh, the guy that covers Purdue that they have had zero cases of COVID, Mm. and so zero for Tennessee. And unless there's an incredible outbreak that occurs, Uh, This game will not fall like, what, four bowl games have been canceled so far? Right. Um, Looks like these teams have have done a really good job. And that kind of tells me that the players on these teams want to play in this bowl game. Yeah. I think sometimes if you're not that crazy about it, you may get lax a little bit. Now, Purdue's out a great receiver who's opted out. They're out two other really good players for academic reasons, but they're not out anybody for COVID reasons.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you said that because I I wanted to ask you, you know, about the motivations for these teams because you get to a bowl game and sometimes one team just swamps the other and you can tell they didn't want to be there. I I agree with you. Uh, Both of these teams still have a lot to play for. Uh, They're both having, the certainly in the case of Purdue, the best season that they've had in a while. The Vols doing the same thing. Both of these teams really seem motivated.
2: I think they are. Look, from Purdue's perspective – Now, you beat a top-five team at the time in Iowa. You beat a top-five team in Michigan State. And now you got a chance to knock off an SEC team that, although not great in the last 15 years, has a brand name. But it is the SEC. From Tennessee's perspective, very few people thought Tennessee could get to seven wins, much less eight. If you can turn in an eight-win season with all of the turmoil, all the departures, the transfer portal, the players that quit, the NCAA investigation, if you can do that, that's pretty darn remarkable, I think. And so I uh, I think that the players at Tennessee certainly enjoy playing for Heifel. They enjoy playing for their position coach. They enjoy playing for each other. And I think that's gone a long way in them having the success that they have had. So I expect – look, I think they're having fun. And I think this – I have to score 28 points in the first quarter twice. I think they want to go out there and see if they can do it again against Purdue. Now, it's probably it's doubtful because that's hard to do. But I just think football is fun for these Tennessee players after the drudgery they had the last three years. So that's why I think they're excited about playing the bowl game.
0: Jimmy Himes, our guest from WNML Radio. I'm Blaine and Mickey. Hey, Jimmy, it's
1: Alex Apple. And don't you think having fun, when you're talking about bowl games, if it's not a New Year's Six or you're not in the playoff the um, the team that's having the most fun, right, that's in the fifth month, sixth month of their preparation, that's having to practice, that still enjoys being out there, makes such a difference. I feel like a lot of times you watch these teams play in a bowl. Take Florida, for example. You could tell who wanted to be there and who didn't. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of times what these bowls come down to. Is that too much of an oversimplification?
2: Oversimplica- no, I think you've hit on it. And I think sometimes that's why it can be difficult to predict a bowl game. Now, I predicted Central Florida over Florida because I thought Florida quit late in the year, so I thought that was an easier call. But there have been some games where I'm watching, I'm thinking, man, that team is is just disinterested. They don't really care about being there, and you can tell by their performance. You can tell by them not playing hard, uh, by their lack of hustle at times, and so and their lack of execution, and uh, and different things are can lead you in that direction. For example, Florida was supposed to have a really good team, they didn't. They lost a lot of players. Their coach got fired. They don't care. Other teams that are six and six uh, are excited about it. They're glad to get to bowl game. They have not been in a bowl game in a while. They want to go out there and show uh, the country that they've got a pretty good football team. So they're different reasons. But I, I, I believe in this, and I believe in this for a long time. In college football, in the NFL, to a certain degree. But in college football, if you have a team with high expectations, and those expectations are blown at midseason or late in the year. I don't think they care. Mm. I I think there's a lot of give-up, and I think that's what happened in Florida. I think it's happened – heck, I'm not so sure it didn't happen at LSU a little bit, but I think it's happened at a lot of places where you have high expectations. When you don't meet them, your players don't perform very well. They don't play hard.
1: Let me ask you a question about the wide receiver group at Tennessee. They they found a trio this year that worked really well with Bayless Jones, Javante Payton, Cedric Tillman. Tillman coming back becomes huge for Tennessee – Because then behind him, you've got Jalen Hyatt and maybe Ramel Keaton, Walker Merrill, the freshman from here in Nashville, Jimmy Calloway, maybe. Uh, What do you make of that group moving forward? Like next year, uh, the the expectations, do you find another threesome kind of like, you know, I don't think a lot of people felt like Tennessee had three really good receivers coming into the year. But Josh Heibel and crew kind of found three that worked. Is that an area where you look to take a transfer? I mean, how do you look at that position group moving forward? Tillman's huge because if you'd taken him away, you really had a lot of unproven guys behind there.
2: Alex, what I think if you're Tennessee is you're hoping you can, you can find another Cedric Tillman out of that group you mentioned. Jalen Hyatt had a very disappointing year. He dropped the ball a lot. I mean, it cost him his confidence, and he didn't perform at the level. If you had said, here's your top three receivers, I would have put Hyatt in that before the year. But it ended up being Peyton and Tillman. I thought Velas Jones could have a good year. Uh, so uh, is it going to be Walker Merrill? I don't know. Could it be Callaway or Holiday? Or I don't see it out of Ramel Keaton. Of course, I didn't see it out of Tillman either. But the difference is Keaton has been in the system for a year and really didn't do anything, and Tillman in the system thrived right away. So I, they do want to find some more receivers, and, and actually they, I, they want to have more than three for rotation purposes. They would like to have six. I don't know if they can find six of them out of this group. I was talking to uh, Taven Jackson, the quarterback signee, and he told me that he thinks the four receivers Tennessee signed in the freshman class are the best four receivers of any class. Now, of course, what else is he going to say? He's Tennessee's quarterback. But I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those true freshmen come in here and make their mark. And maybe it's Cam Miller. Out of Memphis, I don't know, but I think there's a freshman that could come in here and work into the rotation next year.
1: Well, I I think you're absolutely right. The kid out of Georgia, also the receivers coach in the little videos that Tennessee puts out on signing day, talked really highly of all four of those guys. Um, And the guy, his name escapes me, the guy with the nickname, he's got the um, Marquarius White. White, what's his nickname? Squirrel. 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 White's about as fast as anybody in the world. Um, You know, so so maybe it is in that recruitment. Hmm.
0: Jimmy Himes, our guest, WNML Radio. Um, you mentioned right off the top talking about the Boilermakers. They lost a couple players for academics. They lost Carl uh, Carlaftis and David Bell, who are both, you know, certain onto NFL riches coming up soon. The Vols are just the opposite, though, Jimmy. They've gotten really good news. You know, they come in with Cedric Tillman, who you guys have been talking about, and Hendon Hooker. Uh, that had to have lifted everybody's spirits. I guess at this point, everybody's just still kind of wondering what's going to happen with Cade Mays. Is there anything new with that?
2: No, there's nothing new with Cade Mays. Uh, he has not practiced yet during bowl practices. Josh Heupel said on Sunday, uh, which was his first media veil in Nashville, that Cade Mays was working toward playing in the game. Mays did not practice on Sunday. And I, I don't know if Mays is going to be able to go. He's been bothered by an injury much of the season. But I also think, and this is a guess on my part, I think he's going to turn pro. I don't think he's going to come back. I think he feels like there's a part of you that thinks, well, if you come back, maybe you improve your draft stock. On the other hand, he's been banged up so much, maybe he's like, well, if I'm going to get hurt, I might as well get paid to get hurt. So I think he's going to go pro. And I think, and I think he's got a chance to be a nice pro. Um, I don't see him in the Trey Smith mold. I mean, Trey Smith's exceptional, but I think Cade Mays can be in an NFL
0: offensive lineman. Jimmy Himes, our, our guest. Um, well, for whomever plays on the offensive line in a rushing game, when you look at this matchup, there does seem to be a, a, certainly maybe the biggest opportunity against the Boilermakers rush defense. They're number 127 uh, in in the nation. Um, um, it, it seems like the Vols may be able to uh, to run the ball against those guys.
2: I would think so. And Tennessee averages well over 200 yards a game, and they have had their way against several teams, including Missouri and South Carolina and some others. So I would think Tennessee will run the ball effectively against Purdue. I'd be surprised if they can't. They'll mix in some play action with that. I would expect Hendon Hooker to hit on some shots as well. Uh, whether it's, and he, he could throw underneath. He can go deep. I, I just don't see Purdue. And, like, Purdue's defense has been pretty good. They've had some good moments this year. But when you take away their best defensive player and you take away their best cornerback, I think that opens some holes in that defense. And so I, I would be surprised if Tennessee isn't able to score at least in the mid thirties against Purdue.
0: Well, the other thing about them too, and I got my one twenty-seven messed up. They're actually one twenty-seven. That their defense, um, their offense is one twenty-seven in rushing per game. They just don't run the ball. They've got a good quarterback who's gotten better every year. Uh, so it's interesting. Uh, that matchup as well. They're just going to try to throw it all over the yard, I would imagine, even without David Bell.
2: They will. Uh, and and that's uh, and they're not a very good running team. They average 2.8 yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, their leading rusher has less than 500 yards. Now, their best returning rusher is Zander Horvath, and he suffered an injury, and, and he, he may have played half the games this year when he was healthy. He was their best rusher a year ago, but being fully healthy, I would expect him to play a huge role in this Purdue offense. and. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield, So, but, and he's a big bruiser. He, he's not. Nobody ever confused him with the nickname of Squirrel, I can tell <laughs> you that. But he, he's a big bruiser, and I think that uh, he could give Tennessee some problems. But I, um, uh, I do think Aiden O'Connell's going to throw it a lot. He may throw 50 passes. They like yeah. to throw it underneath. They like to throw screens. They like to throw quick slants. And even though they've lost Bell and Milton Wright, their two best receivers, They've got two other receivers that have at least 33 catches. they got a tight end that caught 40 passes. So I think that – and and T.J. Sheffield, by the way, is one of those receivers that caught 33. Uh, I think that they will look to those three players, uh, the two wide outs and the tight end, and throw a lot to them. But. I don't see Purdue mounting much of a run game against Tennessee. Yeah, I me mean,
0: neither. Jimmy Himes, our guest from Sports Talk WNML Radio.
2: Well, I, you know, I'm still
1: mad, Jimmy, about Carson Edwards hanging half a hundred almost on uh, Admiral Schofield's Falls in the NCAA tournament a few years ago. So I hope the Falls <laughs> deal him a little payback for that. But hey, let me ask you about the basketballs too. Um, a big game coming up tomorrow night. I mean, I, I have a great deal of respect for Nate Oates and the way Alabama plays. he has been a little streaky this year, but you look at J.D. Davison and Jaden Shackelford and Javon Quinterly, um, the three Js, and, and the, their ability to shoot the ball. It puts a premium on keeping your guy out of the paint. They want to drive and kick. you got to really match up well defensively and take some personal pride in keeping them out. You think the Vols play well in that game? How do you size that one up?
2: I do think Tennessee plays well in that game, but it's interesting that the team, there are two teams that have given Tennessee an awful lot of trouble in the last few years. Alabama's one of them. Mm -hmm. Auburn with Bruce Pearl over the last four years has been hard to beat. Kentucky's been hard to beat, too. But Tennessee has owned Kentucky at Thompson Bowling Arena. Alabama has really done a good job against Tennessee regardless of who the coach is. I remember a couple of years ago when Tennessee had that great team, they went down to Alabama and lost by 20-something points at Coleman Coliseum. I read where some experts said they thought Alabama had the best trio of guards in the country. Well, Tennessee's got some really good guards, too, led by Kennedy Chandler and Santiago Bescovy. Uh, And if John Fulkerson plays like he did against Arizona, then Tennessee's got a great chance to win this game. My biggest concern about Tennessee, well, there are two of them, one is, I think at times they fall in love too much with the three-point shot. The other thing is, they need a second score inside besides Fulkerson. Fulkerson needs help. Is that guy Brandon Huntley Hatfield? Is it Olivier Comois? Is it somebody else? I, I don't know. Those are the two most likely prospects. But Fulkerson can't do this alone. He's got to get some help. And he's also going to get in foul trouble from time to time. Or he's going to have an off game. Tennessee has got to find another inside threat, another inside presence to help him. And if they don't, I don't know that this team is going to go a long way in the postseason.
1: Well, were you surprised Brandon Huntley Hatfield, a five-star signee, only played a couple of minutes against Arizona in a game that Tennessee won, only played a couple of minutes the other night? And the other guy, uh, Jonas Adu, I do, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, I guess he's just not ready. I mean, he's not really gotten uh, much of a look at all this
2: year. Do was looked at as sort of a project anyway. He, he was expected to come into the program and, and maybe play some in year two, then more in year three. Honey Hatfield was a five-star, and a lot was expected of him. The only thing we get out of Rick Barnes is that you earn your playing time based on what you do in practice. So maybe Honey Hatfield's not practicing that well. Mm. But that's the guy to me that has got to emerge. He's got the most ability. According to Barnes, he's the strongest player on the team. He's got a, a good skill level. He can rebound. Um, I think he's a guy that's got to emerge. He's got to come along. He's got to come along quickly. And, and I, I think he's got the best opportunity because it, uh, come was is interesting. If they're playing Tennessee Tech, he's really good. If they're playing Villanova or Arizona, he's not. He just, he, he, I don't know if he gets nervous. I don't know if there's a height, what, what the deal is, but he has been really good against bad teams and not so good against good ones. And so I don't trust him at this point to be that other guy to help consistently inside with John Fulkerson.
0: Jimmy, thank you, man. Uh, Enjoy the, the game and the rest of your time in Nashville and keep yourself safe, and we'll catch up again soon.
2: Hey, Mickey, Alex, thank you for having me. Uh, happy New Year to you guys and your listeners. Appreciate it. We look forward to the Music City
0: Bowl. Yes, sir. Thank thanks you. Thanks so much, Jimmy. That's the OG right there. Jimmy Himes, Sports Talk Radio, WNML, WNML. Bill from New York called in at the beginning of the show. We got a minute and a half or so to take let's the see call. What he's got. Yeah, Bill's want to talk about Nashville. So let's let's go to this Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline and say hey to Bill from New York. Bill, thanks for your patience, man. What's going on? What do you want to talk about?
3: Hey, you know, I. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Uh, you spoke about earlier in the show. You guys just try to keep, keep away from the politics, and we do appreciate that, man. It's a great distraction to everything going on. But uh, coming in this Sunday, hopefully see my Titans win the division. Uh, my daughter got me tickets for the game for Christmas. Very nice. Uh, I live out here in New York. I'm a longtime Titans fan. Go back to the Houston Oilers and Warren Moon in the Run and Shoot days. So uh, I'm excited for it. It's going to be my first time seeing the guys on the home field.
0: Well, man, that's awesome. So, you're just in town visiting for the holidays, and is this your first time to come to a Titans game?
3: This will be my first time on a home field at the Titans in Tennessee.
0: Well, it's only going to be like 39 degrees, which will feel great It'll for feel you. Like I mean, home being for a New you. York guy. Yeah, you'll <laughs> love it. That's your weather, Bill. You brought that with you.
3: <laughs> yes, it is. I'm sorry we're bringing the cold weather. Hey,
0: hey, hey man, it's okay. Listen, uh, we appreciate you checking in and enjoy Nashville. and. Uh, it's a great place. It's a great place to visit and uh, enjoy the game. Hopefully, they can get a big win for you.
3: I hope so, too. I'd uh, love to find out where you guys are going to be before the game. Uh, maybe I'll hang on the line after after being on the air and just find, love to find out some information where we can catch up with you guys because not familiar with being around for our game. So, love to find out where the action is.
0: You got it, Bill. Thank you for the call, man. Happy holidays and awesome. uh, happy New Thank Year. You. Yes, sir. All right, I'll put Bill on hold. Uh, outside the Titans pro yeah, shop. Yeah, they
1: find you right outside the pro shop. Yeah. They stop by, say hello to you.
0: Kevin Dyson, Dyson. Blaine Bishop. Hitman. You can say hello to two NFL legends. In then the, you can go inside and get you a
1: custom Blaine Bishop jersey in the pro shop for about $300, however much those are costing
0: And days. then you get a Kevin Dyson jersey as well. You get both. Or like get... Here's what you do. You get the
1: Dyson jersey, and then you get it inscribed with something about the Music City Miracle, and you've got yourself a
0: collectible. That's true. Or you just get 23 on the front and 87 on the back and get one to sign (laughs) one and sign on the other. You'll be set. They'll do that. It's a custom jersey. Uh, Jim and Dixon, hold on. We do have to take a break. We'll come back. We'll go back to the phones. Uh, Jim wants to hit this talk. We need to share this, too. The Eagles may have figured this deal out as far as they have a thing that they've put in place. And if you're a Titans fan and you hear this, you will want this to happen for Ryan Tannehill. We'll share all that next. It's Blaine and Mickey, special guest host Alex Apple, sitting in for the Hitman on 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Well, we had somebody who held right until we started the music and dropped. Uh oh, he held for like 20 minutes. He did, and then literally I was reaching for the button and noticed he wasn't there. You want to jump in the discussion, you can. Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045. Alex Apple sitting in for Blaine Bishop. Uh, so the big news out of the AFC – well, there's two nuggets of news out of the AFC South today. Number one is the Jaguars have requested permission to interview um, – Bucks offensive coordinator, um, Byron. Byron Leftwich. Yeah. So that's no surprise. He's a Jags guy, homegrown guy. He's um, a, he's young, he, kind of sexy right now. Would be a perfect match. He's a top-level candidate who's having great success with Tom Brady, which anybody would have success. But anyway, they're having great level success, and he would be a great guy Jags fans could get behind, I think. I mean, I want the Jags to keep screwing up. They're, tr- watch, they're keeping Trent Baalke, right? Which yeah, Sean he was Khan basically
1: hired to babysit Urban Meyer.
0: Is keeping the architect of a disaster, which, you know, if you're a Titans fan, you just want to keep rooting for turmoil. And I feel like, you know, Byron Leftwich hired might get some stability down there. You know, I don't want that. I want them to mess it up. But you think about for the Titans, they were staring a couple of years ago
1: at a decade or more of Deshaun Watson Andrew Luck and a Jags team that had just made the AFC championship game. Could have won that game. Should have won the game. I'm not sure they'd have won the Super Bowl. Should have. Had the Patriots on the rope. And a couple of years later, you just look at the dumpster fire. I mean, Bill O'Brien took that gem and turned it into a lump of coal. The Jaguars fell apart with all kinds of issues. I mean, they had every issue under the board. And, and you know, the, the Colts are the Colts. They're that. They, You know, you talk about a nice a nice little 30 years here. You draft Peyton Manning, fall ass-backwards into Andrew Luck, and, you know, now they've finally struggled a little bit with Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz. But, hey, you can do a lot worse than that. Speaking of worse than that, I know we want to talk about the Eagles. Miami's on a seven-game winning streak, Mickey, but let me hit you with the quarterbacks that they've played against on that seven-game winning streak.
0: Real Ty murderers Rod Taylor. row here, huh?
1: Tyrod Taylor. Who beat the Titans? Lamar Jackson, okay, but you never know what you're going to get to your point with the Ravens. Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, Mike Glennon, Zach Wilson, Ian Book. I mean, the latter half of that, laughable. That's how you win seven games in a row is playing quarterbacks like that.
0: Quay for the Titans. Stay healthy. The Titans are a better team than the Dolphins, I truly feel like, and especially being at home and they've had a couple of, well, what three days extra of rest, you know, got to wake up at Christmas in their own beds. Um, The Dolphins played in New Orleans on Monday night, then have to fly back to Miami to start their prep for the week. Um, The weather's going to be apparently dropping disastrously, you know, 40 degrees from one day to the next, from Saturday to Sunday. So, the setup is there for the Titans to win. Now, the 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 key for the Titans and the other the other piece of this AFC South news is Carson Wentz has gone into COVID protocols for the Colts, um, which Tom Pellicero has pointed out. Um, his game is to be deter his game status for Sunday is to be determined because the NFL is looking at a five day window of return instead of a ten. Carson is unvaccinated, but it, the CDC is basically saying now for life that it's not 10 days anymore, it's just five, that you can go back to your life uh, after after COVID instead of 10. Literally, that not, not seven, they're shorting it to five. Um, but Carson Wentz, as Tom Pellicero says, status to be determined pending if the NFL updates their COVID protocols to match that, which we all think they will. Uh, he did point this out. Like any other player, though, once you've had it and come out, you're 90 days test-free, so... Whoever has it now can play all the way to the Super Bowl.
1: I didn't realize 90 days. That's what the number is, because you brought
0: this up earlier. What's the number? It's 90 90 days. Test holiday, as he called it. Wow. Uh, But here's the thing.
1: but, I mean, that's if the NFL updates their protocols. The Indianapolis Star is reporting that Carson Wentz, if it is not updated, is out, which means Carson Wentz is not a close contact. Carson Carson Wentz has tested positive and would be subject to 10 days. Close contacts would be 5 10 days, so, uh, gosh, the Colts' season maybe is coming down to um, 40 carries for Jonathan Taylor, and if the NFL can change their policies, I'm glad that's not the
0: Titans' fate. Yeah, the Colts' other quarterbacks are, because they put Jacob Eason, they had passed him through waivers earlier this year, and he did not make it out of waivers. Uh, their other quarterbacks are Sam Ellinger, Brett Hundley, and uh, James Morgan. That's Wolf. who I'll who say. They, there are rumors. So you
1: probably start uh, Hunley?
0: The Bleacher Report says that there are rumors of a Phillip Rivers reunion, possibly. In in the next four days? I, that's what I said.
1: Bring that on. <laughs> I mean, if you can't, I mean, and, and you're the Raiders. The Raiders are fighting for a playoff life. Yeah. You have to be able to beat that team. And, if you know, I mean, gosh. There might be something to talk about with the Colts being Super Bowl contenders if they can, you know, beat. Win last week, win this week with all this problem that they're having. I mean, if, if you go into that game with Phillip Rivers or any of those other three slappies, I would be lo- ready for 40 carries for Jonathan Taylor. Especially against a run defense that's bottom of, bottom third of the NFL, at least until recently. That was two weeks ago that I looked. But I bet they're sa- you kind of stay the same at this point in the year
0: in the Raiders. An mm. Eagles reporter for NBC Sports in Philly says, the Eagles, this is the thing we teased. If you're a Titans fan, you will want this for Ryan Tannehill. See, so the Eagles are going beyond NFL protocols. When it comes to COVID safety, the quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, and whoever the other guy, it. I, I don't know him. Didn't even know. They will be in separate rooms during quarterback meetings and will remain isolated from each other for the week. If I'm the Titans, I tell Ryan Absolutely. Tannehill, hey, man, we're going to put a cubicle for you out in the bubble. Yeah. You're not gonna be around anybody unless it's like to practice. Other than that, you can't. We're gonna send you a bag lunch out there, and you can eat it.
1: And even at practice, you stand back behind everybody. We'll tell you when we're ready for the snap. Right. Then
0: and only shotgun snaps, and we'll sterilize (laughs) the ball in between. Uh, But that's what the Eagles have done. I I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be shocked at this point. Nothing would surprise me that any team is doing in their building. Nothing would surprise me that any. If we find out the Titans or anybody said. We went straight back to the highest level of, you know, we cut down people in the locker room and moved some here and some there. Nothing would surprise me at this point. And I think the Titans proved last year in playing the Bills on a Tuesday night, and I know we got to take a commercial break, not
1: having practiced, but had guys available. Yeah. Availability is the best ability. I'll take Ryan Tannehill and a full receiver, complement of receivers with no practice more than I'll take Logan Woodside. And whatever else, whatever, you know, whatever else the, uh, the mud is going to stick on the wall.
0: All right. A quarterback is available who might be a good addition back on the Titans. Maybe as a practice squad guy or a backup, we'll tell you about that next. You'll remember the name. It's Blaine and Mickey, Alex Apple hanging out for the hitman.